0: As you know, this is the last Sunday of 2015 uh, before we head into 2016. So uh, it's a good time for us to, um, you know, like millions of people all around the world right now, reflect back on the past year and and to anticipate, look forward to the new year. Um, So uh, we have um, three people who are going to share their stories. Uh, The first story will be from an eighth grade student from our youth group, uh, someone who's beginning to discover his own identity, and, uh, and that's Jeremiah Kim. The second will be from a woman who's approaching a new chapter in her life, and that's Nancy Velasik. And then the third will be from a young man, Chris Pack, who's going to be sharing something very near and dear to his heart. Um, and then afterwards, I'm going to finish and just kind of wrap all those stories up in time together with a a shortened teaching titled, Testimonies 2015, Created to be like Christ? Question mark. Um, Before we uh, have our first story, if you look on your bulletins and uh, you look on the back, there's a little space for notes, and you'll see the three testimonies. Um, I put that there because, uh, you know, Whenever we hear somebody share, there's always something that no matter um, where they are in life, how different that may be from where you are, there's always something in common. There's always a commonality, a common thread that we can um, discover anytime we listen to someone share, and that's because we're all, uh, you know, walking this earth together. So um, use that space and jot some notes down um, more for yourself and and maybe in ways that uh things for you to kind of think about as the new year uh, approaches. Okay, so without further ado, uh, let's welcome our first uh, person who's going to share his story, and I'm sure he's a bit nervous being an eighth grader in a room full of all these uh, older people. So let's give him a warm, encouraging welcome.
1: know. Oh. Okay. And I would like to share my testimony with you today. Um, I started out in a Christian family, and I always went to church, and said I was a Christian. But I never really understood what a real Christian was. As a child, I thought I was a Christian. But when I started to grow up, I started to mess up. I would do terrible stuff, cuss out people if they made me angry. I would. I lived that life from third grade <laughs> to the beginning of sixth grade. That year, I moved to sc- to school. I moved schools to a popular school. Albert Einstein Academy. At that school I lost myself. I was constantly being made fun of, and everyone alienated me for being different. They would always make fun of me for being me. So I tried it on a new identity, a new mask. Every day I would tweak it here, clean it, clean it up there. Okay, um Uh but it was never good enough. Finally in seventh grade I was sick and tired of it all, so I tried to go back to my to being myself, but i had forgotten it. I forgot who I was. I forgot my regular personality. I also forgot that the reason I am here, my core purpose, is for God. I realized that I put God off until Sundays. I'd live my life the way I wanted to, every day, until Sundays. And then i put my Sunday mask on and lived through it. That year I struggled with right or wrong. I fought with myself constantly. My flesh would desire what is unholy. And my spirit would desire likewise. I didn't know I did not know what I was doing sometimes, and I did stuff I was not proud of. I would then struggle with it in the night, so I finally shut down. I lived life like a robot. I was barely aware of anything. I took in all the garbage that life threw at me and kept it inside, never sharing it and living with it for two years. Then it all started to change. In the middle of my school year, I received news that we were moving to San Jose, my favorite place to go since I was little. It was where my family was. Many of my good friends and the church I loved the most. So after my move, I kept my guard up at church. I did not want the same hurt to happen twice. I eventually learned to trust the church, and I knew they accepted me. At that point, I was able to let my mask down and and find out who I was before. In that summer, through VBS and the bishop mission trip, God showed up in a big way. VBS was not only a lesson for the kids, but a lesson for me in the many ways God helps me in all of my troubles, the mission trip to Bishop then changed the entire course of my life. I went to Bishop with thoughts of fun and games, like another VBS. But every morning we read the Bible and did devotionals. I thought I thought it would be boring, but I felt closer to God immediately, learning about His love and having deep conversations with my Sunday school teacher, Mr. Moon, and with my small group. I learned I cannot keep all my problems inside. I'm not strong enough to hold it all in and be laden with that burden. Saw so Bishop, I gave them all to Jesus, all the despair anger and sadness in me after i came home i was changed boy fully filled with the holy spirit lastly i want to say i'm eternally happy happy for what he did for me in bishop because of his amazing love and his willingness to take my burden i want to openly proclaim that i'm a follower of jesus thank you for letting me share the story
2: just for me. Um, So um, I'm Nancy, for those that you don't know. Um, uh, So what I learned in 2015 is that um, God loves and pursues me like no man can ever. I know. I know. What about Frank, right? I know. Well, let me just say this. Uh, You may know me as the youth pastor's fiance. But before God brought us together, I was a hot mess um, that God took 28 years to work on before he thought I was ready to be someone's girlfriend, uh, let alone a uh, future wife. Um, to really understand what I learned this year, um, I, had to, I have to take you through a little bit of my life, okay? So as a teenager and into my college life, all I wanted was to meet my Prince Charming because I thought that, was what a good man would look like. Plus, of course, he has to love God, right? Um, but nothing happened. Nothing. No guy in sight. Um, so all my insecurities uh, came out. Um, and all these character flaws came flooding in. I'm pretty blunt and straightforward. Um, so I, I hate all these dating games. Um, do you like me? Do you not? Like, he's not texting me. Like, it's the three day rules. All this stuff. Um, <laughs> People would tell me, um, when you go on dates, don't be too intense, you know? Uh, so you don't want to scare them away. So all I saw was, what, what's, what's wrong with me? Uh, why, why do I scare the guys away? Uh, it seems like all the boys would show interest in me, and once I felt the same way, he would stop liking me. Girls would tell me, boys like to chase, so don't be too eager. Uh, I needed a dating <laughs> manual. So... I was like, God, please, just, just, just send me a good husband. Just, like, have him pop up. Um, so at the age of 28 and still single, never having a boyfriend, I thought I was doomed to be a 40-year-old virgin <laughs> with lots of cats. <laughs> so um, I decided to stop asking God for a husband and try to make it uh, happen myself because it wasn't happening. Um, worst decision ever. Don't do that. Um, I got more discouraged by the guys I met. Men suck sometimes. Um so, so feeling defeated, I started to ask God um just, just just to be content wherever I was. Like I just wanted to be at that point more out of frustration. Yeah, I just wanted I was like, God just 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 let me be happy, even if I'm meant to be single forever. Um so, I had to pray hard about it, I, and I kept praying for it. And some days was happier, and some days were harder. You know, when you see friends getting married, you're happy for them. But sometimes you're like, oh, what about me? Um, and then one day, God brings me back to the Bay Area, and I tried online da- dating. Then Frank pops up, and you know the rest of the story. <laughs> um, but what made him different was uh, what I knew that uh, made him. The one was uh, was that I could hear God talking to me. Um, God was telling me. I was asking God, "Why you're making me wait? Is it uh, like you know? Because I will be asked questions like, God, is this real? Um, is he the right one?" Uh, and I heard God telling me uh, through it that you know, even though you didn't listen to me, you disobeyed me. Um, I still kept your heart safe. I still protected you. Not because you're, you're worthy of it, but because I love you. Um, one of the best illustrations of God's love um, is in uh, The Difficult Doctrine of Love by D.A. Carson. You guys should read it. Um, it's free online. It's only 100 pages, too. Um, so in it, he talks about... So this is the illustration. Um, you printed the wrong one, Frank. <laughs> it's not in here. <laughs> okay, so I'm just going to, it's not, so not the real illustration. It's going to be my, uh, so there's a story about uh, Charles and Susie. So they just finished the academic year and they walk hand in hand and like Charles looks at Susie in her brown large brown hazel eyes and says I love you. So so what does Charles mean when he says that? Um he, he at least means that um you know when I see you, uh you make my heart beat um when I the smell of you here uh, makes my heart skip a beat and like I just want to like Get to know you and love you, and you know, all the stuff you see in the Korean dramas and the romance flick. Um, but what he definitely doesn't mean is like, Susie, um, you know what? Your your breath smells like the worst halitosis. Makes elephants that eat garlic run away. Your hair is as greasy as ever. That could um, make a could grease a an eight wheeler, and. Uh, your knees are as, like, disjointed as uh, specific animals, right? That's not what he means, right? Um, but what does God mean when he says, I love you? Um, what he does mean, isn't it? Uh, God means, like, morally speaking, aren't you the people of the halitosis, the bulbous nose, the greasy hair, the disjointed knee, the abdominal, pers- uh, the abdominal personality? Your sins has made you distinguishly ugly. But I love you, anyways. Not because you are attractive, but because it is my nature to love. And in the case of the elect that God adds, I have set my affections on you from the foundations of the universe. Not because you are wiser, or better, or stronger, or that others, um, because by the grace I love you. and in the case of the elect, um, I loved you because of the, what Jesus gave up for you. And um, I think when I heard that, and, and looking back on my 28 years before, I think um, I saw myself as the one with the halitosis breath, the one with the disjointed knee, the greasy hair, the one that disobeyed the Lord, but he still loved me. He, there would be no person that loves you, uh, you as much as a father does, protects me as much, and pursues me as much. Um, and that's what um, I saw this year. Thank you, guys.
3: My story isn't exactly a story that begins in 2015, but it's a work in progress. My story actually starts in February of 2013. And as some of you may know, I was born with a chronic kidney disease called Alport syndrome. It's an incurable disease that affects my kidneys, uh, mainly my kidneys, ears, and eyes. And everything was fine until that fateful, fateful February. I was a year and a half out of college, and I was working at a biotech company. Every month or so, I would get a routine blood test uh, done to see how my kidneys were doing. That February, I went to Stanford together to get the blood test done. On my way back home with my dad, I got a call from a doctor saying that I would need to come back right away and admit myself to the ER. They told me my potassium levels were dangerously elevated and that my kidneys were failing. This news completely blindsided me. For 24 years of my life, I knew my kidneys would fail eventually, and I thought that I'd be ready if that day came. I wasn't. Tears started to stream down my face, and I started to ask God, why can't I have a normal life? Why do I have to go through this? Then, then I was reminded of a quote from a book I read by Tolian Chavichian. He said, There's nothing like suffering to remind us how not in control we, are, we actually are, how little power we ultimately have, and how much we ultimately need God. All my life, I've been using my own strength to push me through this disease. I suck it up and internalize all my sorrow and pain. I had to be strong for my parents. I had to make it seem that I was okay. All of that came crashing down on that day in February. I realized how weak I was and how much I needed God. After being admitted to the ER, my potassium levels were brought back down to acceptable levels, and my kidneys were okay. The prayers and support I received from San Jose New Hope was immense. It was then I realized I didn't have to walk alone in this difficult time. I didn't have to suck it up. I'd have my brothers and sisters that God has placed in my life to walk with me. Things still aren't normal. I had to travel to multiple hospitals to get on transplant list, I had to undergo surgery to begin dialysis. I had to go through the pain of two donors not working out. I had to I have to deal with occasional pain that comes from dialysis, multiple injections and blood draws. And even though I have to deal with all of this, God has been present in my life more than ever this past year. He shows himself to me in the scripture that I read scripture I read that comforts me in my time of suffering. He showed himself to me through the brothers and sisters that, picks me, that pick me up and walk beside me even when I fall. And I end with this part, with a part of a hymn by Martin Luther called From the Deaths of Woe, Psalm 130, which has helped me a lot this past year. Though great our sins and sore our woes, his grace much more aboundeth. His helping love knows no love, no, no limit knows our utmost need it sounded. Our shepherd God, good and true is he, who will at last his Israel free from all their sin and sorrow. Thank you.
0: Oh, um, can we just uh, show our appreciation once again for our three brothers and sisters who shared their story? Not always easy to do, um, especially when it's uh, of such a personal nature. So, yeah, thank you guys for, for doing that, for blessing us um, with how God has blessed you. And uh, in the last several um, weeks... I've been asking people to send in their own stories, um, stories of how they've seen God work his thing in their hearts in the past you know, 12 months. And as I have been receiving these testimonies um, in my email, um, and I've been able to, you know, I'm kind of the first guy to be able to read it, which is such a privilege, uh, there have been times where, Um, I'm I'm literally laughing out loud as I'm reading some of these stories. I'm just imagining Nancy with like 15 cats in her house, um, like she shared, Um, and times where I'm just blown away by um, how good God is and how much faith uh, people in our church have. Um, The three stories that you heard today are just a sampling. Um, You're going to get a chance to... Uh, read these other stories that I'm talking about. Um, we're putting together this booklet, uh, me and uh, fellow brother Jen, and uh, we're putting this booklet together, and we're going to hopefully have that ready to hand out to you next week uh, as 2016 kicks off. And uh, as we um, hand that out next week, hopefully you'll come back and it'll be something that uh, you can really um, sit down with over the next month year, whatever, and uh, ho- we hope that it'll be a, a little source of strength um, when you come up against uh, those inevitable hardships uh, that, that we all face at one time or another, and so uh, it's our gift to you, and really, uh, literally, it, it's God's gift um, to us uh, to share with each other. Um, that's a big reason why God's, God blesses us, not just because he loves us, which is true, but also so that you can then less others who may be going through something very similar, and we just don't even know. But once they hear your story, they're like, oh, my goodness. Um, And just like we saw with these three guys, all different life stages, one person dealing with um, betrayal by his friends. Anybody ever experienced that? Probably, right? Um, One person dealing with insecurity and the big question of, am I ever going to get married Am I ever going to find the one who will love me unconditionally? Am I ever going to find the one who, who I can love and, and be safe with and not feel like they're going to hurt me? How am I going to find that person in this huge, giant world It's like, God, help me? Um, and that big question and that big fear. And then uh, lastly, the story of uh, Chris, uh, a guy who um, is dealing with the physical ailment, and maybe some of you, are dealing with the physical ailment or have or you know somebody close to you who is and he's living not by what he sees or even what he feels but he's living by what he knows God promised and despite the differences in all of their stories there's one thing uh, that binds them together and that is this Jesus is walking with each one of them he walks with each one of them through their questions, through their fears, through their worries. And here's a blessing. If, if he's walking with them, there's no reason to think he's not walking with you. Whatever struggle you're going through, Jesus is walking with you. Whatever fears are plaguing your mind and your heart, Jesus is walking with you. Whatever season or transition in life that you're kind of on the precipice of or maybe you're smack in the middle of it and you're like I don't like where I am right now I don't like my situation I don't like my circumstances Jesus on the cross those are not some good circumstances but he is with you and uh it's always uh, so awesome to to hear these stories. Today's teaching uh, is titled "Created to Be Like Christ?" question mark And it comes from uh, the book of Ephesians, chapter four. So, if you would uh, open up your Bibles or your Bible apps, whatever you have handy, we have some Bibles in the back of the seats um, there. Ephesians chapter 4, and if you have the uh, Pew Bibles, it's on um, page 978. The fourth chapter of Ephesians, and I'm going to start with verse 17 and read through verse 24, "Created to be like Christ. All right, This is the Word of God. Now this I say and testify in the Lord that you must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. Gentiles is just another ancient word for uh, someone who does not follow God, believe in God. Walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their minds. They are darkened in their understanding, alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, due to their hardness of heart. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not the way you learned Christ, assuming that you have heard about Him and were taught in Him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. And it said to be renewed in the spirit of your minds and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. This is the word of God. You could sum up this passage with this uh, sentence, putting off the old self and putting on the new. The old has gone, the new has come. One thing that we see with all these stories that were shared, they were all putting off their old self. They are all moving away from the old self. And the old self uh, that had those fears and anxieties and insecurities and hurts and betrayal. And they were moving towards the new self, putting on the new self, in Christ, the the hope that they have in Christ. It's not the hope that they have in their looks. It wasn't the hope that they had in their charming personality. It wasn't the hope that they had in medical breakthrough and hoping that, yes, one day I'm going to be okay. Ultimately, their final hope is in Christ. Their new self is in Christ. And it's because of this new self. As they put on this new self in Christ They find the courage and the inspiration and the strength to face the different hardships that they go through. Putting off the old, putting on the new self of Christ. Write this down, if you would, maybe on the back of your bulletins in a little space. Life is about growing into what we already are. If enemies of Christ, then more so over time. But if co-heirs with Christ, then more so with each day, each week, each year. And I think we have that on our slides. I don't know if this is going to reach over there. Let's try it again. Nope. I think you're going to need some help keep going. (laughs) So life is growing into what we already are. That's what life is. What you already are, with time, you become more of. If you're an old geezer in your heart, (laughs) whether you're 12, 15, 30, or 60, you're going to be an old geezer. I have friends that we always kind of kid with them, like, man, you, you think like an old man, you know? You, you have like this old soul, and it's not a good, bad thing necessarily, um, or it's not, a, you know, it's not a good thing, it's just, it's just how it is. What you are, that's what you become more of as time goes on, um, if you're kind of left in this vacuum, right? Life is about growing into what you already are. If enemies of Christ, then more so over time. But if co-heirs with Christ, then more so with each day, each week, each year. For those of us who are on the journey of being a follower of Christ, what this means, okay, these words, what these words mean is, as a follower of Christ, with each passing day and week, week and month and year, you become more like Christ, that's just the nature of things. As an apple seed falls to the ground, a sapling sprouts up, a tree, and then that tree produces apples. That is the nat- natural life cycle of an apple seed. In the same way, for a follower of Christ, the natural cycle of life, Okay, the, the thing that's supposed to happen with a person who is a follower of Christ is they die, they fall to the ground, they die, and are uh, crucified with Christ, and then they are born again with the resurrection of Christ. And what are they born again as? They're born again as the new self. The old self has been put off. The new self has been put on, the new self in Christ. And then what happens with this new self? Does it just kind of... <laughs> do you just you know, pop out of Jesus you know, as being born again, and then you just, you're, you're just static, and, and nothing changes, nothing happens to you? No, you're supposed to grow. You're supposed to grow in your Christ-likeness. It would be like a tree that kind of stops at the sapling stage, and then it just stays there. There's something wrong with that tree, right? It's like frozen in time. Christians, there are too many of us where our spiritual lives, our faith, your faith, it's just frozen in time. You haven't grown since the first day you became a believer. And like that tree that's just frozen as a sapling and not growing taller and bigger and leaf, big giant leaves and fruit, we're not growing, we're not developing. we're not evolving as Christians. And so that's why there's so many passage in, passages in the Bible where it talks about bearing fruit. It's talking about this natural cycle, that every, this process that every follower of Christ is born into. It's not a choice. It's it's nature. It's in your spiritual DNA. Let me uh, draw your attention to uh, verse nineteen. Did it do? Happened again. Super glue. for sure. Okay. Verse nineteen. They have become callous and have given themselves up to sensuality, greedy to practice every kind of impurity. But that is not what you learned in Christ. Assuming that you've heard of him and were taught in him, as the truth is in Jesus, to put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires. Instead, so to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God you're created to be like God you're created to become more like God it says it right there so the sermon title today is a question are we created to be Christ like are we created to be like Christ that's a valid question the answer is clear God says here in Ephesians 4 yes you are created to be like God to created to be created in the likeness of God So that has some implications for us. If we accept that we are born as a new self in Christ, and if we accept that as the new self in Christ, we then grow, we're supposed to grow like a tree and not just stay frozen in time. If we understand that, then what does that mean for 2016. What does that mean for us in 2016? Um, I love the whiteboard. (laughs) It's such a useful tool, I think. And here's something I want to illustrate for you. Um, We have this uh, representation of our lives, all of us, uh, before we, meet, we met Christ, okay? And uh, so that's B.C., you could say. And then at a certain point in time, uh, I recognize not everybody, but for some of us in here, there was a point in time where we met Christ and follow, decided to follow him. So that would be after Christ, okay? Okay. AC, right? So let's just say that particular point of time is right here. Okay? Uh, It's kind of appropriate to have uh, a cross, and it kind of looks like a tombstone a little bit, because that's where our old self dies. Our old self dies, because that's also when the new self is born. In Christ is born. Okay? Okay? Uh, Let's just say that's 2010. Any any year is fine. You can put your own year if if, if, uh, it's different for you. And then over here, at some point, we know from certain passages, uh, even passages that we looked at um, here in Ephesians chapter 2, Revelation 21, all these passages talk about a certain end. All right? So at some point, Jesus will return. Jesus says, I'm preparing. In my Father's house are many rooms, and I go there to prepare a place for you. But one day I will return, and I will return to take you up and bring you into the house of God, my Father, so that we can be together there forever, dwelling there in the Father's house. I mean, that's right here. The end, okay? So that's the end. Here's, here's kind of our beginning. What happens here? And really simply, it's this. I want you to think of each year... And we'll get up to 2016, let's say. Let's say this is 15. And, of course, we don't know how many more years we have. Nobody knows. We find ourselves right about here, right? As we heard from our three brothers and sisters today, in 2015, there were certain ways in which they grew like a tree. And they're all in different life stages. Jeremiah is kind of like a sapling, and, and Nancy and Chris are a little more similar. They're, they're about to, like, you know, maybe bear some different kinds of fruit in marriage or in adulthood, right? So they're developing, they're growing. And, and as they approach those stages of, in their life, there are certain struggles. That they ha- and questions that they have to struggle with and answer. And in the process, their faith is deepening, and they're growing in their faith. And so we- what we see here is growth. And basically, there are two ways that we can grow in Christ. There are kind of two ways that we see growth in Christ. One is in our character and uh, feel free to, to write this down. And one in it is in our activities, our tasks. We can grow in our character, we, and we can also grow in our tasks and activities. Really quickly, let me explain that for you. If you turn to um, Ephesians uh, I'm sorry, Galatians 5. Should be up there. Nope, keep going. Nope, keep going. There we go. Might be kind of hard to see (laughs) for some of you caught behind the whiteboard. But I want you to look at um, verses 22, 23. Actually, let's read that together if if you if you can see it. Actually, you can't. I want to ask us, as we come up to 2016, what are the different characteristics that you think God wants you to grow in? Maybe you feel like you need more love in your life. You're just an angry person. And no matter where you are, you've just got this look on your face because there's something bitter and sad going on in your heart. Hey, that's, that's all of us. We all go through that at one point or another. Maybe you just don't feel like you have any joy. Maybe, Maybe you're just feeling unrestful and like always worried, and you need more peace. When we are plugged in to Christ as a new self, these things, love, joy, peace, patience, and all those other traits there that you see listed, those things naturally grow. They're like fruit that pop out of your heart, your spirit. So the question is, are they do you see more love in your life? Do you see more joy? Do you see more patience with people who are that you know that you find a little annoying? Do you find that you 're more gentle? Do you think that self control is something man, I wish I could be more self controlled that 's something that two thousand and fifteen i wasn 't very good at, and I want to grow in that way. I want to become more christ like see it 's not about rules and regulations it 's not about trying to Check off a list of things. This is not a checklist. This is a description, a picture of Jesus. And as new selves in Jesus, we are created to be, like it says in Ephesians 4, to be Christ-like. There are also, and I'm not going to go too much into this, other ways of growing, and that's tasks and activities. For instance, forgiving somebody. Maybe that's something a lot of us have issues with our families, right? With our parents, brothers, sisters. Maybe this year, God wants you to forgive that person. That would be one way that you can grow this year. That's an activity. That's a task. Now, where do we get this? Where do we... Is this, again, are, am I talking about you're earning your salvation by works? No. You are not saved by your works. But because you are saved, you are already <laughs> Working. You are already now a new self. You are already a new creation. And as a new creation, this is what happens naturally. Christ did the work. And now you allow the work of Christ to work through you. Okay? So I want to close with this. 2016, how can you grow? Ask God, God, can you tell me how you'd like for me to grow in 2016? And it can be a very small step. Remember, it's, a, it's like a stepping stone to the end. Just like you can see the seed, the apple seed, the sapling, and then it grows and it starts bearing fruit until the end when Jesus takes us home. I want to ask you to just take a little time right now um, to maybe reflect and, and pray at this time. And as we enter the, into that time, I want to just say this. It may look like, it may look like here that, oh man, I've got so much that i got to do. And I see, you know, Galatians 5 up there, and I got to work on my love and my joy and my peace and my patience, being more self controlled, being more kind, being more good, being more faithful. Oh, man, I got to, um, man, I haven't joined a small group. I need to join a small group, and uh, I need to uh, share the good news of Jesus with my neighbor or with my best friend from high school. And uh, he's probably wondering why I never talked to him about God. Little does he know it's because I'm afraid he might reject me, but. Why can't we just have an honest, cool conversation with, you know, between two buddies? Maybe I need to this year forgive my mom, forgive my dad. As we think about all this stuff, I want to encourage you. Does an apple tree will itself to bear fruit? Or does it just naturally happen? Jesus Christ did all the work that was necessary by putting himself on the cross for our sins. And when he did that, all the work was already completed. And now it's just up to us to receive that life of Christ. And as we receive that life, we're just naturally growing through the power of Christ that's in us. We allow the power of God, the life of God, the Holy Spirit. We put on, we put off the old self, and we put on the new, and this new self in Christ is now naturally growing. The leaves start to sprout, and the little flowers start to bloom, and out of the flowers come the fruit. And each year is a progression. I hope that next year um, at this time 364 days from now we're going to have some more stories of how your old self has been you're kind of moving away from your old self and you're moving towards coming into your own as a new self in Christ and discovering what that looks like and what that means. And I hope that we're going to share some really good stories about what, um, about what you've experienced and what you've seen and what you've heard. So like I said, it's a uh, shortened teaching. We've heard uh, three stories. Let's spend some time now to reflect on your life. Okay? So um, I'm going to ask the praise team to come on back up. And... Um, I'd like to invite you to just reflect. And there are two things that I want to say. If you already are, if you find that you are already in this place where you're after Christ, take some time to think about like we talked about. God, how would you like me to grow in 2016? What characters, what character traits would you like to see happen in me, God? What things do you, would you have me do this year? Do you have a mission for me this year? And you can find all of that in the Word. That's why I put up for you Galatians 5, and uh, here you can look at other parts of the Bible. Now, if you are not yet a follower of Christ, I'm glad you're here, because God has something very, very special for you. If you are not yet a follower of Christ, let me read this promise from God to you. You were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world. You were following the prince of the power of the the air, the spirit that is now at work, In the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out all the desires of the body and the mind. And by nature, we were children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, he made us alive together with Christ, By grace you have been saved. And he raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace toward us in Christ Jesus. I want to read that for you once again. God wants to give you a seat with Christ Jesus. Jesus. He wants to seat you with His Son. And then He wants, on top of that, as you're sitting there next to Jesus in heaven, He wants to pour on your head all the immeasurable riches of His grace. He wants to pour on your head not insults. He wants to pour on your head not betrayal. He wants to pour on your head not fear. But He wants to pour on your head the immeasurable grace of his kindness in Christ Jesus. That's what he has in store for us when we receive Christ. So whether you are a follower of Christ or not yet and still kind of thinking, I want to close with that. The immeasurable Grace and kindness of Christ Jesus that He has in store for you. We're all moving towards that, guys. It's coming. So let's become it. Let's let's live up to it. Let's live into it. Let's grow out of it. Let's grow into it. So let's pray. Take some time right now. And whether you are not yet a follower or whether you are, just take some time to consider what you've heard this morning. Take some time to consider the stories. Ask yourself, how does God want me to grow this year, 2016? Ask yourself, what part, what aspect of the new self in Christ does God want me to explore and discover this year? It's impossible to discover it all in one year. There's no way you can do that. Your head would explode. Your heart would explode. And that's why God gives you time. But he also says, don't waste time and live each moment knowing that the end can come anytime. time. Lord, in this coming year, what aspect of this new self in Christ that is not an option it's a natural part of being a follower, a disciple of Christ, a Christian. It's a natural part, Lord. What aspect of this new self, what aspect of this new, self, this new identity that you've born us into, that you've purchased by your blood, what aspect of that new identity do you want me to discover and explore and grow into this year? Lord, you are omnipotent, omnipresent, and I know that you have a specific plan for every single individual in this room. And I pray, O Lord, that at this time, over the next few minutes at least, (laughs) that it would just be the beginning steps of discovering what you have in store for each one of us in 2016. How you want to how, what aspect of this new identity that you want to reveal to us and, and get us excited about and continue on this adventure of knowing you, this adventure of walking with you, Jesus, the Son of God.